New on Curiosity Stream. From time to time, we have collisions between asteroids and the Earth. We track them. We study them. We hope the big one never comes. Don't look up. It's Asteroid Rush. And alligators. They rarely get sick. They even outlasted the dinosaurs. Could they hold the secret to human longevity? Their blood could have antibacterial applications. Wade into the investigation on immortal alligators. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Show, the place where WEEI.com's Rob Bradford talks all things that interest him. Some of which you might just want to listen to. So sit back and soak in another episode of the soon-to-be award-winning show a whole bunch of people are talking about. Here's Rob Bradford. Welcome to another edition of the Bradford Show. Sponsored, as always, by Ghoul's Distinctive Clothing, the people who make me look so darn good. And Hub New England Insurance. They have the most integrity of any company you'll find out there. Today, very special Brad Foe show, two-parter. The first guest we will be having on the show is Turtle Boy of Turtle Boy Sports, the Twitter ombudsman, basically the guy who broke down the P.K. Subban tweets, and also a very, very passionate Bruins follower who gets into the Canadians-Bruins rivalry, more specifically the Canadian media Bruins rivalry. Secondly, we'll have on Xander Bogarts, Red Sox shortstop, talk about his first month as an everyday starting shortstop in the major leagues and some of the obstacles he has had to overcome. So we'll get right to it. First up, Turtle Boy. Turtle Boy, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, Rob? Good, good. So now, do you want me to call you uh, Turtle Boy, Turts, Turtle? What What do you want? We'll go by Turtle Boy. I mean, Turtle Boy, uh, for those not familiar, is uh, Wish has got this really strange and obscure statue downtown of a what appears to be some kind of a 12-year-old boy uh, riding a turtle. It's very odd, but it's almost become a symbol of Worcester, where I'm from. So we'll I, I go gotta, by Turtle Boy. I gotta be honest. When you, when it comes to symbols, uh, a boy riding a turtle is it, a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but it, it, it's it's classic Worcester. It's like it's one of those things that like it, it makes no sense whatsoever, and it's just Worcester. 
That's okay. the best way to describe it. <laughs> That's fair. Fair enough. Yeah. So speaking of making no sense, so let's, let's go through the timeline because the, the Dennis and Callahan show were all riled up over this, and, and they actually cited you quite a bit, as they should have, because you were the one person to actually go beyond the surface level of these tweets that were directed at P.K. Subban. And, and to refresh people's memories, this was all about racist tweets directed at P.K. Subban, which the Bruins came out and apologized for. A couple other people, notable people, also did that. And to Dennis and Callahan's point, it was really? I mean, really? This wasn't a player? This wasn't a team? This wasn't anyone affiliated with the organization? Really affiliated with the city, as it turns out? But going back to when you first saw this drama unfold, take me through what you did and why you wanted to do it. Okay, well, what made me want to do it was when I first saw Cam Neely and the Bruins uh, offer some type of official apology, and I thought to myself, why is this necessary? Since when is it the job of Cam Neely to police what morons in their mom's basement are saying about P.K. Subban on Twitter? Okay, And it's all started, of course, because some guy out there, um, of no particular significance, tweeted out something to the effect of, uh, this is now trending, like P.K. Subban and Racist are now trending right. on Twitter together. And of course they are, because those you know, a handful of people that tweeted these idiotic things from their mom's basement, you know, people see that, and then they retweet it to call them out, and then and some, you know, more influential people retweet it, and next thing you know, yes, when people start talking about these people, of course it's going to be trending. And, and, of course, they label Boston as a racist city because of that, which is just utterly absurd. And nobody, and I mean nobody, was trying to figure out who are these people that are saying this stuff. And it just disturbed me. And so I did, it's not that hard to research this stuff. You find out the sources of this, you go to their Twitters, and you find out that literally half of them have gotten rid of their Twitters right now because they're so embarrassed by the stupid things they how, said. How many, how many, Turtle Boy, how many do you think actually were, were doing this? Because a lot mm-hmm. of, as you point out, a lot of this, this kind of steamrolled off of people reacting to it. But what, how many... What was the collection of people who were actually being proactive and trying to get this message out? You think? I found ten, I found ten people writing. Ten people. Uh, yes, I found ten uh, ten people, and of course it multiplies. You know, I, I see influential members of the Montreal media who have been retweeted 150 times. The Toronto media was all over this. This was just. They love to pick on Boston. They love to pick on Boston as this racist city because we had busing riots in the 70s and Bill Russell had his house broken into and we were supposed, you know, we were the last Major League Baseball team to integrate. They love to crap on Boston. And they like to crap on us because, you know, quite frankly, we are the mecca of the sports universe right now. It's semi absurd what's happened here the last, you know, 10 to 15 years, all the winning. And there's obviously going to be this natural resentment towards Boston. And they're going to try to find anything they can to pick on us. And this is what they've done. And they have it's just utterly absurd. I mean, there's one guy on there, one of the tweeters, whose his profile on Twitter just says, killer. He's just a killer. That's all he is. <laughs> well, I, well there, other, there you go. I, I think that's something yeah. to put on the resume, right? Yeah, and they're, they're defending Donald Sterling, the most indefensible person. I mean, these people are looking for attention, and the media is giving it to them. Well, the Montreal, and, the Montreal well, Turtle Boy, I mean, the, the Montreal media gave him a ton of attention. But as you point out, it was bizarre that the teams started giving attention by reacting to it. Oh, exactly, and that's what did it for me. It's like, why does Cam Neely feel the need to have to apologize for this? They didn't do anything wrong. It's not his job to police the Internet and make sure that some idiot in his mother's basement in Ontario isn't saying racist things, because these people weren't even from Massachusetts. 
They're from all over the country, well, all to, over other countries. To, to that point, so you said there was about 10. Let's take that 10. How many people, where were they from? Give me, give me the, the sample size, where they were from. Uh, I found one from East Texas. One was from Ontario. One was from upstate New York. I found a grand total of one person from Massachusetts. Oh. And he was, you know, wasn't even from Boston. It was some teenager, some high school kid. And that's all it was, a high school kid. Oh, my you know, goodness. People, people just have, you know, high school kids don't always think before they speak. Yeah. And, of course, you know, it's like to hold all Boston fans accountable for that is utterly absurd. So when you started going through this, as you point out, you, 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 there's a direct way to do this, to find this stuff out. And I give you a tremendous amount of credit. Because you're the one who did it. It's amazing that more people didn't do this to say, where are these guys from? And the Montreal media, to your point, listen, we understand the dynamic. We understand the feud. But take two seconds to do this. Do what you did. And is that what pissed you off the most? I know that people from Texas and everything else and the Bruins reacting. But the Montreal media, did that piss you off the most? Absolutely it does. I mean, in the words of Peter Laviolette, this is typical Montreal. This is what you get from them. Yahooism. And they love to overreact to this type of stuff. And Jack Todd is the worst offender of all of them. And, you know, you go on Jack, he wrote a column the next day, um, you know, denouncing Boston for the racist tweets. And uh, Tony Marinero up there on the radio show denouncing Boston for racism. This is what they do up there. And they give the, this is what the people there want. This is what, they wouldn't do this type of stuff if the people up there didn't react to it in the way that they want them to do this. And so, absolutely. And, you know, it was, the Boston Globe, too, uh, offered almost an official uh, apology, but, um, you know, condemned us for this type of behavior. And we didn't do this. And this is the No, same, you're talking about Gary Washburn's article, right? Correct. Yeah. And uh, it, this is the same Globe, the same newspaper, that allowed Gish Jen to write a terrible, terribly offensive column the day after the Red Sox won the world, uh, the day after we had the parade and we put the, Johnny Gomes put the uh, trophy down on the finish line at the Boston Marathon, to say, quote-unquote, that we failed the Zarnias. I mean, this is the same newspaper that bashed Boston for its supposed history of racism. And it just, they have the, re- I'm a guy writing a blog independently, and they have all the resources out there that they could, and I did more homework than them. I mean, shame on them. Yeah, well, I think that's the point. And it takes two seconds. And listen, everyone gets caught up in everything else. But if you're going to dig in on a column on a subject like this, it's it's just baffling that more people didn't do what you did. But Turtle Boy, you did a great job. Awesome job. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It, so let's stick with the Montreal theme. All right. I mean, because you are absolutely right. I mean, they're playing to their audience. The, the the media is playing to their audience. That was a layup for them, and they write that without doing research. We understand a lot of times that's how it works, but when you get called out on it like you were able to do, then you lose credibility. It's not going to stop them. It's just a reality. So the next thing, which was something that just happened in, last, uh, um, in Saturday night's game, which was the P.K. Subban right in the middle of it again about the whole water squirting thing with Sean Thornton. So what's your take on that? I mean, my take on that is simple. It's water. Get over it. You know, it's like this is Sean Thornton's job is to instigate. Uh, Sean Thornton is not a skilled hockey player. We all know that. He's a fourth liner. But as a fourth liner, I'd just like to say that, I mean, we have possibly the best fourth liner in hockey. We, you saw what a guy like Douglas Murray does out there last night. The guy is useless. He is a liability out there. And he's their bruiser. Our bruisers can play good two-way hockey. They don't score on our fourth line. And so it's, his, it's Thornton's job in his limited time to get in P.K. Subban's head, to take him out of the game. And he threw some water on him. 
big deal. I mean, he sh- does he shower in hot oil and lube? I mean, <laughs> well, does he not right. get wet? But, but, I, I, I don't get it. Butch Sturds, I say, it must have been battery acid, right? You know, it's, oh, yeah. I mean, give me a break. So he got a little wet. And P.K. Subban is a tough guy. He can handle his own. And, you know, instead of going, you know, I, I don't know what I expected Subban to do. Maybe give him a push, give him do something. But instead he goes and cries to the referees because this is what they've been trained to do in Montreal, cry. And it's just disgusting. And, of course, right on cue, you know, I, I, I searched on Twitter for uh, Sean Thornton racist. And right on cue. You got a million different tweets here from really? golf fans all over the place. Let me read some of these to you. From you know uh, the most recent edition of Turtle Boy Sports that we wrote today, actually you know called them out on this and you know saying I actually hate every member of the Bruins. Why would Thornton spray Subban with water during gameplay? Hashtag racist, stay oh classy, goodness. Boston. I mean, I have dozens of tweets on here from people that racist Thornton. Thornton's obviously racist, and they're unfortunately they're not kidding around. This is they honestly genuinely believe that he threw water on him. Because he dislikes black people. Can can we just uh, can we just take two seconds to to whether it's Montreal media, whether it's the, the the general public, and just watch the game, just watch sports, and watch what a great player PK Subban is, and PK oh, Subban tremendous. is going to get into the middle of a lot of stuff, and it, it's it's just to come back to those columns and comments that happened during the tweets last week. It's a layup, Turtle turtle Boy. It's a layup, oh, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you're absolutely right. P.K. Subban, what we're watching right now is a special, special hockey player. We've never seen a player. I, I haven't seen a player this dominant in, in the postseason in so long. I mean, what he is doing to the Bruins right now is insane. How I mean, you saw that slap shot he took last night. I've never seen anybody shoot. Like, the way he just jumped up and down on the ice beforehand, demanding the puck, and he got, I mean, it was something special to watch. How he burst out of the box the other day, we are watching a special, special hockey player, and one that I would, as a Bruins fan, love nothing more than to see in a Bruins sweater. Well, I mean, it would just make my day. You know, and we're talking about the Montreal media and P.K. Subban, and we knew that this was going to be the case with the Bruins Canadians, right? I mean, we knew oh, that, that some sort of stuff was going to pop up, and that's what made these series great. But you know, as we as we are on the cusp of elimination of this series ending, and maybe it won't, but if it does, and you move on to the next round, it's, it's, it, are we going to be left behind saying that was as good as this gets? That that animosity, that that vitriol, that passion. I mean, is there another series that the Bruins can have going forward? that is going to match anything like this? Because we talk about it, we get all fired up over the Montreal media and how stupid they are and how misguided mm-hmm. they were. But um, it's also, I mean, we're talking about it, right? Is there yeah, a- well, there isn't a rivalry in sports. I mean, the Red Sox-Yankees, in my opinion, pales, pales in comparison to this. You know, also, this is a culture clash. New York-Boston is not really a culture clash. That's a great you know, ultimately, point. Ultimately, you know, it's like they view the sport of hockey in an entire, entirely different way than we view it. We view it as a hard-hitting, blue-collar sport. And they view it as a place where speed and skill should reign supreme. And they genuinely dislike the way our brand of hockey. Whereas the Red Sox and Yankees, I mean, we essentially play the same type of baseball as them. And ultimately, we're, the, we're on the same level when it comes well, to that. We just the, don't the, like their actions. The Yankees, uh, the New York police has never have never threatened to arrest <laughs> any of the exactly. Red Sox players, right? <laughs> they, they know, well uh, Bill, I mean, Bill Lee might have... Been on the cusp right there. I don't know, but yeah. but yeah, but that's yeah. it's great. It's I mean it's great. It's it's the something as little as a water squirting. It can yeah. can 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 just get people so riled up. It's great. It's absolutely great. Yeah. It's you know and like 
I, I said from the beginning of the series, whoever wins the series is going to win the Eastern Conference. These are the two best teams in the East right now. I, saw, I watched every, every game of that Pittsburgh-Columbus series, and Pittsburgh is a garbage team. Like, they will be lucky to win one game against us. They, the Columbus, who has nobody, nobody's on this team. They came back twice from two cold deficits to beat the, uh, the Penguins. Their goalie is a liability. The Bruins will skate circles around them. So ultimately, it's, I mean, I've been watching the Western Conference, too. That's where it's going to get tricky. I mean, you get to the Western, the Stanley Cup Finals, then it's anybody's match. But I don't, we don't feel the same passion and the hate towards Chicago. I mean, I looked for every reason to dislike the Blackhawks and the organization last year. Couldn't find one. Yeah. Couldn't find one. They're dislikable. I know. And that's, that's a shame. We never liked that. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but it makes it a lot easier to hate. Yeah, well, you know, so just to wrap things up yeah. here, Turtle Boy Sports is this Turtle Boy, the Turtle Boy of Turtle Boy Sports. So this, this, uh, the tweeting thing with Subban obviously got the, your site a lot of attention. Give me something else. Give me another post that you guys have had, and you haven't been around very long, only a few months, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So give me another post that might have slipped through the cracks that we were like, that, we nailed that, or that gate should have gotten a lot of attention, or that was really fun to do uh, in, the, in these last few months. Um, we've had a lot, uh, to be honest. There, there have been ones where, uh, for instance, the BU women's basketball coach of all things mm-hmm. uh, recently had to resign because she was supposedly mean to her players. And the same thing happened here in Holy Cross with legendary coach Bill Gibbons in the Worcester, Bas- uh, Worcester uh, Holy Cross women's basketball team. He had to actually step down because a girl named Ashley Cooper is suing him uh, because he was supposedly mean to her. And when we wrote these columns, because the mainstream media, the Boston Globe, has actually criticized uh, the women's basketball coach at BU uh, for being too harsh and, you know, this and that. And it's like, the way I look at it is like, what is going on in the world? That, you know, a coach can't come, come down hard on their players anymore, and now they can be sued by them for being mean and hurting their feelings, and you don't hear it out there. And so I wrote a couple stories on those two incidents, and they got a lot of attention, you know, because the BU... Uh, students and the alumni were behind the yep. coach and same at Holy Cross, the same thing. And so these are the type of angles that we like to take. We like to find these stories that like the media is only showing you one side of. And basically just we spear the voice of the people. This is the, what the people feel. This is what they want to hear. This is what they're not hearing from the mainstream media, and that's kind of our niche in the sports blogging world. Is, yeah, uh, that's what it could go for. Well, I mean, I think I think the, the clear thing is you have passion, right? You, you get fired up over Absolutely. stories, and and that goes a long way. And you know what else goes a long way? Following up and making the extra effort. I, you know, I, and I'm not gonna. As part of the mainstream media, I know how difficult it can be, and sometimes you get caught up in stuff, and you don't hit what you want to hit. And a lot of people are working tremendously hard, but not everybody in the mainstream media has the kind of passion that you're talking about. And so, when the Canadians, the Canadians might leave town, they might exit this series, but your passion will continue throughout these playoffs and throughout the sports world. And that's what we love about it. No, oh, I appreciate it. You guys are doing a great job over there, uh, Rob. Uh, Dennis and Callahan, I listen to them every day, and that's what people like about Dennis and Callahan. That's why they've been on the air for so long, is that they show you the other side of the issue that people are too afraid to talk about, and that's why people like them. Awesome. Well, we'll obviously, we're going to talk to you down the line. Really enjoyed it, talk, Turtle Boy. Really enjoyed it. And, uh, again, we'll regroup a little bit, and we'll reflect on the next controversy or the next thing that's going to get us fired up. I appreciate it. Hey, sounds great to me, Rob. Appreciate the time. Next up, Xander Bogarts, who has just completed his first month as a starting shortstop in the major leagues. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
So I guess uh, in simple terms, is it everything that you thought it would be? This isn't the World Series. We understand that. This isn't the playoffs. This isn't September. But this is the beginning of season, going through spring training, going through a first month as a starting shortstop in the major leagues. What's it been like? It's been fun. Uh, a lot of ups and downs, you know, uh, trying to find the consistency offensively and defensively. Coming from spring training in the hot weather, got a transition here in the cold weather, uh, trying to get your routine. You can't, you can't get the same amount of stuff done as in the hot, hot weather. But uh, trying to work my way through and find my consistency back. We talked about in spring training. You were petrified about the cold weather. Fair? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not easy. So, I mean, the first one is definitely a grind. I played in Portland last year, so I kind of knew what to expect. But it's over now. With Well, what's the first game? So this year, so we in Baltimore was okay, that first series. Baltimore was okay. What was the first game that you remember being like, oh, man, you know, not only do I have to go through cold weather, but I have to do this while facing major league pitchers. Uh, at home. I mean, at, at home, also at the White Sox. The White Sox was pretty cold uh, that series over there, too. So those two series, the first, few, the first few games at home was a bit cold. We had a few games against the Brewers. That was, the well, was pretty hard. Well, that White Sox game, you also got hit in the caps with, with, with major league baseball pitches as well. And, and I don't know what type of injuries you've had in the past, but was that one of the most painful things that you've had to deal with? Yeah, in your calf, and you know, you, you need your legs for the season, you know, and especially in the cold, once you get hit, it definitely doesn't feel good. So, I mean, I would get hit in my, in my hand or, or anywhere, my, my triceps, and it'll be fine, but your, your legs, that's a bit, uh, it's a bit tough. You, uh, throughout your playing, you're a young guy, obviously. Congratulations on being a young guy. Thank you. Um, but throughout your career as a baseball player, have you really haven't dealt with too many injuries, have you, too much? No, I hope it stays that way. Uh, I try to keep my body in good shape. I, I uh, work a lot in the gym, and uh, as I said, just try to keep your body in the best shape as possible. If you're healthy, you can do a lot of stuff. As you point out, I mean, things like you get hit in, the, hit in the calves with pitches and it hurts and you have to deal with them and the legs are your livelihood with, the, you know, fielding. And, and is it one of these things that you realize, okay, you know, this is not only a season, this is not only uh, over 100 games, which I'm used to, but this is a major league season. Yeah, uh, you're getting the best of the best every night uh, out of the opponent's team, the best pitching, the best uh, starting nine on the field. So... It's not that easy to get hits up here in the big leagues, you know. I mean, minor league, you can get a few uh, away with a few hits, but our big leagues, everything is so, uh, so, so specified. T today, you, uh, you, you have the day off, and it's just a down day, just a. Yeah, what I guess, yeah. I mean, where is it? One of these things where you really like to play every day? I always like to play every day, man. I, I don't really don't like being on the bench too much, but. You can take it uh, as a positive way and learn something from being on the bench, you know, watching the game, uh, talking with the coaches about stuff. I mean, those guys have played already in the big leagues or, or, or been coached for a long time, so just get some information from them. Well, it's interesting because, you know, we see you out here before today's game. Take me through some of the things that you did because, like you said, it's a, it's a day off, but it's also a day where because you have the day off, you probably can catch up on some things. Yeah, you can go out there, grab some more ground. There's a... Uh, Especially with a good weather like today, I mean the weather was pretty good, pretty hot. So just try to uh, do, get to work in and uh, enjoy the game. What is, so specifically? What are, what are some of the like, butter was out there with you and Will? So what are some of the things that you guys are working on specifically today? The stuff we do the whole time: uh, first step quickness, uh, trying to get to the ball as quick as possible. Uh, uh, 
attacking the ball, uh, being aggressive to the ball, those kind of stuff. And you were also just working a little bit over the bunting. I would imagine we talked about this throughout the course of the last week or so because there haven't been a lot of good bunting. But guys like you, you've never really had to bunt too much, huh? No, uh, but I always like bunting. Uh, but uh, sometimes, I mean, coming up in the, in the minors, some coaches don't really want you to bunt a lot. But I always like to bunt, and I'll hopefully bunt sometimes this year. In terms of being a major league, we'll go back to being a major league player first month this season. What was what was the coolest moment for you? What was the, this is pretty cool, I'm in the major leagues moment? I mean, <laughs> the ring ceremony? Yeah, I guess in Milwaukee, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's such a special day. We got a loss that day, but uh, that was a tough series. But, I mean, it was just a, a great day uh, reflecting on last year, you know, uh, the, the whole ride to the World Series. And, and I know that you're a Jeter guy. And did you ever get a chance to meet him? On the field, uh, before the games and stuff like that, but not like we go out and eat or, or hang out or stuff like that. What was all, speaking of the major league moment, what was, was there a moment where you realized this happens in the major leagues and not – in the minor leagues, whether maybe it's a pitcher that you face, you said, "Oh, you know, wow, he's throwing me, a, he's throwing me a, a three-zero or o two pitcher." I mean, for me, I mean, I, I, I see David, and uh, I think I saw Nap yesterday. He got a trio slider. Uh, yeah, that's pretty uh, unusual. But this is the big leagues, and you know, especially with runners on, they, they don't want to give in. One of the things I was talking to Jackie Bradley about is talking, you mentioned David, talking to him, talking to Dustin Bedroya about, you know, we go back to Bedroya. Bedroya had a terrible, terrible first month as a starting second baseman in the major leagues. Have you talked to those guys just about, you know, like, listen, this is just the beginning? He always reminds me, you know, I don't, you know no need to panic. Uh, he always tells me about that, reminds me about that first month. Uh, through May, he was he wasn't doing good, and then he just heat up. Are pitchers pitching you differently even than they were in September and in in the World Series last year? I find they're throwing me a lot of off speeds, uh, but I'll start uh, turning on some of them or squaring up some of them, and then I'll get back my fastballs. But I, I think they're throwing me up a lot of off speeds this year. The last question is: What do you think that you'll be doing better in um, July? in August than you are right now? Driving the ball the other way. Uh, I, I just can't seem to find that, that, that natural stroke I have of, of going the other way uh, on a consistent basis. I mean, sometimes they throw me away and I'm just rolling over. It's, it's not something that I'm used to doing. All right. I hope it was a good experience for you. I, I appreciate you appearing with us. Thank you. New on Curiosity Stream. From time to time, we have collisions between asteroids and the Earth. We track them, we study them, we hope the big one never comes. Don't look up, it's Asteroid Rush. And alligators. They rarely get sick, they even outlasted the dinosaurs. Could they hold the secret to human longevity? Their blood could have antibacterial applications. Wade into the investigation on immortal alligators. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano-spray coating gives you professional protection and a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. 
You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors have the expertise to find exactly what you need and the ethics to do the right thing, even when it's the harder thing. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. 